I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Two, three, maybe a fourth. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Tom DeMarcus is by the ninth. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Welcome to round four. This is the Supercoach 365 podcast. Ryan and Tommy with you to chat all things coming up this week as well as a quick look back on the week just gone. Tommy, speaking of, big week for you personally, mate, up into the top 10% and I said thank you. I actually said uh, I owed you a debt of thanks on the weekend because you're really really carrying us here to start the new year. It's only early, mate, but uh, after Thursday night, missing Neko Hines and he went the big score, I was pretty disappointed, but... We made up for it with some other players. So, yeah, not going too badly into the into the top 10%. Yeah, let's just recap those scores now as we jump straight into this. Obviously, uh, good to look back before we look ahead and uh, scores on your screen there. Tommy leading the way with a big score, 11.46, 11.48 looks like. Uh, and myself just a tick under that. So, moving in the right direction. But you mentioned that score there of Nico Hines. Um, we might talk a little bit about that uh, very, very soon in our good, bad, and ugly. But uh, let's reflect on our own experiences of the footy at the weekend. It was a little bit ugly indeed. We went out to Campbelltown Stadium on Friday night. Just good to see some uh, some live footy after two years on the road. The NRL. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the best. I think this season so far has been very entertaining. I think the the crowd being back involved is a big part of it. Um, obviously, it was great to have a lot of dry weather footy last year, a lot of points, but there was no crowds really. So it's great to see um, the game we went and saw. I wouldn't say it was a rugby league clinic, but um, it was close at least. It was the saving grace. Let's get into this. This is our good, bad, and ugly. You hear the uh, the theme song running under us here. We only worked this out tonight, Tommy. It's such an iconic theme song, but uh, good, bad, and ugly. Let's waste no time. Let's start on a positive note. We'll start with the good... Uh, I'll kick us off here. Good. Munster and Nanai, two uh, two performances last weekend. Cameron Munster, he's in everything for the Melbourne Storm this year. And Nanai, not often you can uh, claim three tries uh, from your back row, but that's exactly what he turned out. He's a talk of the town at the moment, isn't he? Nanai's had a really good start to the season. 
he would have had to be good to find him in the preseason. But once he was named on the starting back row for Cowboys, he did turn into an option. And Munster, obviously, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, my good for the weekend just gone was Cheapy's doing more than just a job. I'm um, mm. speaking of Josh King and Brad Schneider, particularly here. Josh King has been in great form and he got 85 the other day. Schneider with a 79. And blokes like these, you really just have them in to make money. You're not really expecting much in terms of points, but yeah. they're going above and beyond with the scoring that they've produced. When they can do both, make money and make money quickly. In the case of uh, Josh King, and, and when you can find some attacking involvements as well, it goes a long way to uh, making that BE go down even smaller next week. Um, yeah, good shout there, Schneider as well. I think um, one of the uh, one of the guys in the Podmasters Cup chat or the Turbo Hammies Cup, whatever it's called these days, um, Sal, I think Savs from the uh, Supercoach Experience. Called him to get 76 on Friday. At the end of the game, he finished on 76. Updates got him up to 79, but still, regardless, uh, a great job there from the guys. uh, Obviously know their stuff. Uh, Let's talk a bit of the bad, though, Tommy. Um, That's some of the good, but uh, I'll lead the way here again. We put plenty of hopes. I did personally in the Roosters. Lots of stock in the tricolours in the preseason. Angus Crichton, Connor Watson to an extent, Satili Tupanua, and even James Tedesco, I don't have him on this list here, but he was my captain a last-minute play last week. They just let me down, the Roosters. And luckily, uh, Teddy scored that try because if he didn't, it would have been an even more of a, a horror week than what it maybe already was. Yeah, a bit of deja vu for teams with a lot of Roosters players like yourself. Uh, obviously, mm. round one was pretty disappointing. And then the other night, yeah, they're just not looking their best, the Roosters. And I know a lot of people went to Teddy as their captain as well, so it would have hurt a lot of people. Uh, my bad, bad performance, I think. Tony Staggs, I think a lot of people own him. And yeah. I think after the first two weeks, we were sort of speaking about him last week as possibly a sell, and I was kind of like, just keep him, he'll come good. But, you know, another score of, I think, in the 30s, it's uh, he's not going very well, let's just be honest. It's one of those things, though, now, isn't it? If you kept him for last week, you nearly need to hold him again for one more week because... Yes, the break-even's high, but at his price, it's almost like, well, who else are you going to get in with his potential? And that's the word there, potential, that you keep coming back to with uh, Katoni Staggs. We know he's got plenty of that. We just need to see it. And he is getting outplayed by uh, Herbie Farnworth. And that's, I guess, uh, not a slight on Katoni. Herbie looks a, a great player. He has looked like a developing player for some time now. But... Um, He'll take this challenge personally this weekend, I think, up against some of his old teammates, uh, or at least clubmates in Reese uh, Walsh and Matt Lodges there as well. So maybe it's just that battle that he needs up in Queensland, a dry track, hopefully, uh, on the weekend to get him going for the year. Look, let's, uh, let's get into the ugly, though, because this is where things did turn sour last week, particularly for myself. I took a stand here last week and said, you don't need Nico Hines. 24, 48 hours later, he left me with egg all over my face because he came out and he did prove a fact that uh, at that position of halfback, maybe there are more options than Nathan Cleary. Those watching us on YouTube here, the graphic you'll see at Hines or Cleary, I didn't think we'd be having this conversation this so or this early on in the season, Tommy, at this point, Hines or Cleary, but Hines looks a real option there at halfback. No, I was with you last week. I thought it was worth you know waiting around for Cleary or just passing on Hines, but... Yeah, like you say, two days later, 124, and so many teams put the vice captain on him. So that was pretty smart from those guys to do that. And yeah, honestly, with the low break, break even this weekend, we'll get into the mm. trades later, but he looks like a great option, doesn't he? Uh, my ugly, Brandon Smith. Now, I didn't haven't owned him at any point 
in the season. But I feel yep. for those who did. They had him in the first week. He broke his hand after about 10 minutes. One minute. Six-week injury, you're thinking. Or one minute. There you go. Four yeah. to six-week injury, usually. You break your hand playing footy. He's back in 13 days and pumping out 100. Like I think only 100 people, 100 teams or something like that brought him back in. So yeah. everyone's hurting there. I was one of the ones who held him from round one. And I think I even said here on the pod, I said... He's one of those players, whether he's playing 9 or 13, I don't think it matters. He's uh, an attacking beast close to the line. I think he had three or four scoots early. I messaged you on Saturday and I said, he's backed himself anytime try scorer here on Top Sport. Obviously joking, but I mean, the amount of times he had a run towards the line from five metres out, that's where he's at his best. And again, even at the back end of that game where he uh, made that line break for the eventual Ryan Pappenhausen try, yeah, it hurts. It hurts watching that happen. Uh, in front of you. Let's just recap some of those other results from the weekend because uh, this is a good place to start looking backwards. Uh, Nico Hines inspired the Sharks to a big win, 36 points to 12. Who saw that in the wet out there at Wollongong? Torrentious, or well, ter- well what's that's not the word? Torrential and horrendous conditions. Maybe I just made one up, torrentious. Uh, 16 to 12, the West Tigers over the Warriors. We were lucky enough uh, to see that or unlucky enough to see that. Uh, otherwise, Friday night, this was probably one of the better games of the weekend, I thought, in terms of its intensity and its quality. Uh, the Rabbitohs, too good for the Roosters. Saturday, the deflated, the wounded Panthers, far too good for the Knights with only 12 men, 38 points to 20. Uh, 24 points to 28, the Melbourne Storm couldn't overcome the uh, Parramatta Eels. A, late, well, a bit of luck late there for Parramatta in the end. The Raiders, let's talk about this one, Tommy. Your Raiders, 24 points to 22, down 22 points to nil at half time. What a result this was for Ricky's Raiders. And importantly, it could go them, uh, we'll see them go a long way to setting up a, a little bit of a run here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was out actually at the time with my partner for this game and I was kind of keeping the track of the scores on my phone and I saw it was 22 nil and I basically just gave up. I was like, what is happening? Seriously, mm. at home to the Gold Coast. But then, you know, I found a way to watch the last 10 minutes or so and it was good viewing uh just looking through the rest of the games on sunday we saw the cowboys dominate the broncos which was a really good performance from the cows and also manly and the dogs playing out a very tight tussle 13 12 to manly in the wet yeah plenty of rain around at the weekend it's going to be a factor again this week we think those watching us on youtube you'll see the graphic there has the west tigers winning of course we know that wasn't the case and maybe unlucky not to get the win in the end the tigers after well, was it a contentious call, the, the Luciano Leilua? For what it's worth, I don't know. I think the NRL came out and said it wasn't a try. But um, still, you think so often we've got this technology there. Why not use it in that case? Uh, so often we go overboard and we check everything. But then again, something so contentious, so tight, we don't check it. Uh, those, As I say there, those watching us on YouTube, you can find us at Supercoach365. Just uh, search that in. Subscribe to us. Turn your notifications on so you don't miss this one. Uh, We'll probably get these videos out late on Tuesday or early Wednesday mornings. Uh, For those tuning into the podcast, you know where to find us, uh, right across Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you may get yours. Uh, And again, you can follow us on the socials at Supercoach365. That's where we'll be posting our final teams, most generally on a Thursday, although in the case last week, I think we had some team news uh, from us on a Friday because it was just such a crazy week. And uh, so much of what we were talking about depended on what happened with the Roosters who played on Friday, of course. Uh, Let's just throw this one up quickly, Tommy, recapping the overall group. Of course, our overall group. $500 $500 to the winner, absolutely free to play. Uh, and uh, well done to those who are leading the way here. You see the top 10 on your screens. 
uh, and showing the way it looks like Roosters pack. So at least a little bit of joy for the Roosters, uh, if not for Trent Robinson's men uh, leading the way here in the Supercoach 365 overall group. Uh, Tommy, let's talk some footy though. Round four uh, kicks off on Thursday night. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, that is of course tomorrow. Uh, and it gets underway with the, the West Tigers who head up to the Gold Coast to take on the Titans, a, a team that would have been disappointed by the way that they let that game slip against the Raiders last week. Yeah, for sure. Two two very disappointed teams here. The Tigers obviously yet to win this season. Probably not a game you'd usually expect on a Thursday night, but uh, here we are anyway. I guess start from the top with the Titans. Jermaine Asako in for Jaden Campbell, who's injured, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how super coach relevant that is. We've mentioned Asako a little bit in the preseason, but I don't think we're getting the goal kicking at the Gold Coast, so probably going to pass him. Yeah, it's an interesting one, though. If he does play well, what does that mean for Campbell? Because I think he struggled maybe with the physicality of the game in the in the, uh, the first couple of weeks. It's The game sort of moved away from the style that he was so good at last year, that quick, you know, rolling off the back of the quick play the balls. It's maybe more suited to those bigger bodies coming out of their own end, like a Tedesco, uh, or even like in the case of a Dylan Edwards, someone who gets in there and does a lot of work, even if they're not a big body. Campbell maybe just doesn't fit either of those moulds. So uh, tough ask for him, maybe, finding his way back. Asako, a, a solid build, and interested to see how he goes in that uh, young spine. Uh, you mentioned there's some other uh, names coming back. Corey Thompson back in, uh, Phil Sami out with COVID, and that's going to play a role going forward, not just with uh, the Titans here, but, you know, we're starting to see a little bit more of it. I think someone uh, from the Raiders today said Chris may be tested positive as well. So these teams are going to continue to feel the effects of COVID and, and super coaches as well. Yeah, it's going to bring those boosts into play at stages during the year. I think it's worth keeping a few up your sleeve in case there's a bigger outbreak. But hopefully, fingers crossed, there isn't. Uh, just quickly on the Titans as well. David Fafita, he's been okay so far this year. He's yet to have a big score. He's had a mm. few solid scores. But home to the Tigers, first game of the round, I reckon uh, he's got a VC written all over him. Yeah, absolutely. We saw the the impacts and the effects of having a good vice-captain choice for a lot of players last week with Nico Hines and the Titans. Heavy favourites here with topsport.com.au, $1.28 head-to-head. The line they give away, a plus 10.5 start to the Tigers. And you mentioned that man Fafita there. A lot would have sold him last week, but then I guess given the... I mean, the way he played against uh, Canberra, I think he scored a 71 on Supercoach. He had a couple of line breaks, got through a lot of tackles, I saw, 24 tackles, which is probably up on his average. $2.54 any time to score a try this week for David Fafita. So uh, if you are thinking he can go across the line, which you are, Tommy, he might grab one, he might grab two. We're just waiting for that breakout performance from Fafita. This could be it. Exactly. Like like I said, he hasn't disgraced himself so far, but the feeder we've come to know and love, he's capable of producing, you know, triple-figure scores. And I think mm-hmm. this is his best opportunity uh, so far. What do you make of the West Tigers? Obviously, they've been very disappointing. Uh, do you see it getting any better for them this week? It's hard. And obviously, without uh, Stefano there, uh, he took Amanu, who's now out for six to eight weeks. I think I read today doesn't get any easier does it they can bring in someone like James Tarmow to fill a void his experience is there he scored a try last week a rare one so but but they just look like a team that's uh that, that has you know more questions than answers uh and the way that they didn't win that game we were we were sitting out there in the stands and it was just a matter of sitting out there and we've sat on that Campbelltown grandstand a couple of times and we always saw those names like Robbie Benji um 
even you know Tedesco when he was there they found a way to win they just currently don't have that play to make it happen for them yeah that every chance the other night you know they played against 12 for the last 10 minutes and the Warriors didn't play well at all by any means so it was very it was probably rock bottom for the Tigers you'd think uh, I think you'll see a better performance this week I reckon the line of plus 10 and a half is it's a bit uh bit kind to the Titans I reckon the Tigers could possibly cover but you'd be a brave man to, to get on the West wouldn't you yeah, I think you and I might be brave men uh, from our initial discussions this week. Uh, still on the Titans, Bo Fermel. How's his origin chances tracking? Uh, we've, we've said it in the preseason, maybe a little bit um, ambitious at the time, but, I mean, you know, suddenly he's, he's scoring tries, he's looking solid on that left edge and pushing his case for rep honours. He's probably been their best second row, hasn't he? He's probably been more of a standout than Fafita has within mm. the team. Um I think you're onto a winner there. I think he's playing really well, and those who cashed in, or sorry, got him early in the in the piece in Supercoach, they're they're laughing. Yeah, he's making coin again this week, so it's not too late to get him. And I think those, those uh, the dual position players such as Firmall, they're going to come into handy uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, let's move this one on though. Next game of the round, this one's going to be a beauty: the Sharks and the Knights. This one down there at Cronulla, uh, they return home after a big win. Well. I say big in the sense that uh, the scoreline, and it sort of sets up their season now, doesn't it, for the Sharks, uh, that win against the Dragons last week, because it was in testing conditions. They scored six tries. They didn't look flustered, really, at any point, and I said at the time, I think they look a top four team now, and the potential's there. Yeah, we both were pretty keen on the preseason, but I think they've gone above our expectations, really, with the way they've started. Um, yeah. That was a great performance the other night. In the rain, they looked... You wouldn't have even known it was raining, the way they were attacking at stages in that first half, especially. And let's just talk about that man, Nico Hines, again. You know, 124 the other night. He is such a dominant playmaker for the Sharks. I think Matty Moylan only got 11 Supercoach points. So it just shows you how much ball they're giving to Hines. Yeah, his numbers are on your screen here now. The three games this year, he's averaging just on 100 or, or just under 100. The best halfback in the game, which is funny to say because, um, yeah, we sat here last week saying that Cleary was a must. And we'll get into our trades in our trading places segment towards the back end of the podcast. So uh, don't miss that one. Stick around for that. But that break even of 12 there, Tommy, with those three fixtures in mind against the Knights at home, the Tigers at home, and then that bumper game against the Melbourne Storm that one looks maybe even like a semi-final prelim final uh, preview there but Nico with that break even he really makes a case for uh, for trading him in this week yeah look without giving too much away it's very hard not to have him isn't it the break even is the clincher but then also good games there like you say and he's just in irresistible form the Sharks are playing really well he just ticks a lot of boxes doesn't he um for the Knights Ponga is back supposedly, but he, he's been a late exclusion the past two weeks, so not really sure what to think there. Yep. And Brody Jones could be a popular cheapy or at least draft option coming in uh, for Mitch Barnett after his violence the other day. Sharks a dollar forty-two just on uh, Barnett at the judiciary as we record this, so we may get some news on his suspension, how long that looks to be uh, towards the back end of the pod. Knights two dollars ninety if you're going the outsiders. Uh, the line six and a half to the Knights. I think that may be just a little bit shy of uh, of where they need to be. But you mentioned Talakai there playing in the centres. I, I really like this matchup for Dane Gagai, another one of these guys that we potted in the preseason. I said he went to the worst patch of turf in rugby league, that Knights right side. But they've found the balance, haven't they? Clifford, Clune, Ponga when he was there to start the year. They don't look so left side focused this year. And Gagai, 
$3.40 anytime. I love that against Talakai. I remember a couple of years ago, he played the centers Talakai up against Katoni Staggs. Staggs scored a double because his lateral movement is just not there. So uh, Gagai for me this weekend, I think he continues his impressive start to the Supercoach year. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I was going to use that term lateral movement. It's not Talakai's strength, is it? And Gagai is obviously in good form, so it's a good chance he'll get over. I think you also mentioned this earlier to me uh, today. Sione Katoa, I think mm. that right side for the Sharks is just looking really good. Nakora, Ramian, and Katoa, and then Hines obviously there as well. I think he'll just be on the end of another trial this weekend. I really like the way that... Um... The Sharks just back on Nico. They're going both sides of the field. And I think at the Storm, you just think left side and Addo Carr and how dominant they were with Hines, Munster, Pappenhausen when he was fit. Nico's suddenly surprised us, hasn't he? He's opened up the other side of the field. And we saw that a couple of times last week with his cutouts to Katoa. One resulted in a try, one didn't. He found Raymond at different stages. So the Sharks, they do look a serious team this year indeed. Anything else here that we should uh, touch on? Blake Braley I thought was impressive out of dummy half last week and again, we looked at, at him last week at the break even I think it was a minus six, it was him or Appy. Glad we went with Braley in the end. Yeah, well you were on to Braley um, and he's playing really well. He's probably been, you know, the last few years he's been spoken of as, you know, their next big player, the Sharks, and maybe he didn't come through as quickly as they expected. Mm. But he looks to be hitting his potential now. And uh, I guess Cam McInnes, well, he can't get into the team at the moment. He's on the bench again. So yeah. those who are excited about his super coach, coach status, like me, uh, it's really hard to include him at the moment, isn't it? It's hard because I think we all saw it that McInnes would come on and relieve Braley of minutes, but you can't take him off. He's He's been that good. And um, McInnes more of a defensive player I think fair to say but Braley's making his tackles and, and not missing a beat there uh, with the nine on his back I don't think he can change that anytime soon he looks bigger Braley for mine I think that's the thing that he's lacked in the past couple of uh, seasons so I don't know if it's a good preseason or what it is that has him in such good physical condition but now he does look a real first grader I think this is his fourth season in the NRL so maybe just taking a little bit more time to come on um, we like the Sharks there, I think, head-to-head, Tommy, on the top tippers app. There may be a bit of value for the Knights, but uh, in saying that, we probably just go with the home side. They look tough to beat. Yeah, I'll be with the Sharkies, but I thought the Knights were pretty uh, brave the other day. I know Penrith had a few out, but to go down to 12 men, they were still in that game with about 10 minutes to go, so they did well. But uh, let's go to the next game because the grand final rematch, the return of the King, Nathan Cleary, what a match this is going to be. Yeah, look forward to this. Obviously, the big news on the team list uh, this afternoon was that he was confirmed in the seven, of course, named last week in Jersey 24. They must have a bigger number 24 because uh, James Fisher-Harris also named in that uh, that number there this week, this time around, Liam Martin on an extended bench as well. So this Panthers uh, team, $1.39 favourites here on topsport.com.au. South's $3, the line at seven and a half, $1.90 for each of those two there. At $1.39, it looks short, but I think that could even get shorter towards the back end of the week uh, if those names on the extended reserves do come into the 17. Yeah, there's a few names there, but I think just the presence of Nathan Cleary, it'll be such a big factor for the for the side. And back at home, I think you've got a stat that you've said a few times, they haven't lost there for 10 years or something ridiculous. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a great atmosphere out there, a big crowd, and Souths are going to have to be pretty bloody good to overcome that 
Yeah, let's get that stat. I'll bring it up in a moment, but uh, we'll just push on here with the team news. What about Taylor May, Tommy? Uh, let's speak of he and uh, Isaac Dungor down that left side. Jeez, uh, five tries between them. Could have been six if uh, Dungor doesn't drop that ball over the line. What are your thoughts on Taylor May as a supercoach prospect this week? Because I know, I think we've said a couple of times here in our Ten Commandments of Supercoach last year. I think one of them was don't go chasing last week's points. I think there's a case with Taylor May that, yes, you not you may not get that 107 back again or 106 this week. And you may, in that case, may as well wait until next week once we have a second look at him. He's not changing, uh, his price isn't going up this week. So it's sort of this weird in-between state, isn't it? Do you, do you go for a proven, well, is he proven even? Well, that's the thing. He's only had two NRL matches, but he did look good the other day. Uh, I thought he was very involved, but then looking at his stats, he only scored 23 points from base. So it wasn't actually that involved. It wasn't like a Bryant-Tyler performance, mm-hmm. how he looked. Um, I don't know. I'm Spoiler alert, I'm not getting in this week, but I, I would be monitoring in the next few weeks. What do you think it means for the Penrith backline going forward? Do you think once Bryant comes back, we see Charlie Staines finally make way? Because I think... Honestly, Targo and May look just first grade standard. Yeah, and we do know that Brian came into uh, the NRL playing on the right, didn't he? On that right wing while Mansell was at the club and made a, a good fist of that. They made the grand final that year and uh, that's how he really uh, you know, forged his case as a representative player. So I think Charlie Staines would be not as comfortable in that jersey now as what he was two weeks ago before Taylor May came in and did what he did against the Knights. Uh, we'll talk about um, the South Sydney side now because they were every bit impressive against the Roosters. They surprised me personally. I think you were quite keen on Souths last week. You thought that they could stand up in a big game. Yeah, it was, but I think they went above and beyond what I even thought. Um, back to somewhere near their bench. Still not completely clicking, but I think we saw signs against Melbourne and then it, they showed a lot more against uh, against the Roosters. Cam Murray... I, I don't own him. I don't think you do either, but GC uh, played well the other day. It was a true locks performance. Yeah, I think he was one of those players that uh, we thought may get the odd attacking stat, and I think he had three inside of the first half. So incredible in the end. 125. I think that would be the top score this year, wouldn't it? 125 Supercoach points. I think it pips 124 of Nico Hines on Thursday. So uh, big things for Cam Murray and for Souths. How do they go in this game, though? Because it's a different challenge going to the home of the Premiers where they haven't lost... I'm just working on this stat now. it would be close to a thousand days since they've lost at uh, at Penny Park in a NRL game. That is. So how do they how do they get a win this week, South? Yeah, look, I I do like how they played the other day, but I just think Penrith with Cleary back, with possibly James James Fisher Harris back back at home, they don't play poorly there. Like you're saying, I mm. I find it hard to see how South do get a win uh it's another big game for Lachlan Ilias isn't it he has nothing but big games to start his career he's got to play against Cleary and the Panthers it'd be a big test for him yeah he's had a, a baptism of fire I think he called it last week and uh I don't think it gets any easier uh anytime soon maybe South Straw opens up a little bit in the in the coming weeks it can't get much harder anyway let's leave that one there unless you've got any uh thoughts on try scorers uh anything for topsport.com.au Nothing shakes your head. I'm pretty much a fan of Isaac Tago. I can't get enough of him, really. I think he'll just find this drop again. Yeah. And as we said, I think he's... Uh, I had a look today. $26 top try scorer come the year's end, Isaac Tango. So, look, 
you could do worse at the price. I think at the price, it's good value there. $26 in the hot seat there on the Panthers' left edge. Anyway, let's push on here. Next game, the Warriors and the Broncos. We sort of touched on this one. Uh, a big game for Katoni Stags and for, and for super coaches uh, holding Katoni still. Uh, anything else here that we should look at? For, because I think uh, this is a game, an NRL game, that's suddenly of big importance to both teams because the Warriors, they won last week, not in convincing fashion. The Broncos lost in very disappointing fashion. So this one's suddenly one of those four-point games that has big flow-on effects for top eight hopes even in round four. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't even treat it as a win for the Warriors last week because it honestly felt like they lost. They just played so poorly. Mm. Um, the Broncos were ordinary too. So, yeah, it's desperate teams up at Redcliffe on Saturday Arbo. It should be a nice atmosphere, you would think. Um, let's start with Stags. Uh, I don't know if you're holding or selling, but this is, has to be his last chance almost, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it's almost if you've held to this point, you just have to hold because there's no point selling at a low. Um Unless it is for someone maybe next week like a May, where it's almost a straight swap or even a downgrade, and you're gonna have, and you're gonna make some profit there. But for me, you mentioned playing at Redcliffe. He came through the Redcliffe system. I don't know. There's this sense of feeling about that this could just be a week. Like I don't know. I don't put a lot of stock in it. It's just one of those things, one of those gut feeling things that maybe it is a case of just getting back to somewhere familiar to to score a try or two against. Them. I mean, the Warriors not a great side. All, all due respect to the Warriors, but. Um, maybe this is just the week that Katoni needs. And I think we know what he can do when he's at his best. So, yeah, personally, I, I'm, I had to bring him back in last week because Coates was out and I, I didn't want to trade boost last week. I wanted to hold off. So it was a Saturday afternoon shift. I ended up getting Katoni back in. We all know how it ended on Sunday. Not great results in the end. But now I've got him, I just feel like I have to keep him at least one more week before I can really make my mind up. On anything there, uh, Sean Johnson back in the reserves. Tommy, um, they could have do with uh, with him sooner rather than later because they look like they just need a little bit of spark outside of Reese Walsh. Yeah, well, I was keen on SJ preseason. He's super coach. I had him in my team until he got injured. Um, but yeah, I think they just need something, don't they? They look all at sea. Walsh is a good player, but he needs you know a strong strong half with him. I think so. Yeah. If he can make a return, I give them a decent chance. Josh Curran. I think his owners, and we were almost close to getting him last week. They would have been annoyed when they saw him coming off after about 60 minutes the other day. Yeah, it was tough. It was uh, he or Yo. And I was surprised when Karen walked off the field. We weren't sure if he was injured or not. But I think I even said to you, it might have been here, it might have been off air last week, that uh, Nathan Brown, I couldn't trust him. And that's why I went to Isaiah Yo rather than Curran because you just know Yo is going to play 75 upwards, at least while uh, Leota and Fisher-Harris are out. Curran, he should be an 80-minute player, whether it's in the middle or on an edge. They just have to find ways to keep him out there for uh, for more periods of the game because he's such an integral part, and they looked a little bit shaky uh, when he went off there. Uh, Warriors here, outsiders, $2.30. Brisbane Broncos, $1.62. The line, 3.5. The Warriors get it. I don't know. I wouldn't bet on this game with any great deal of confidence. It's hard to bet in any Warriors game, isn't it, really? It's just yeah. hard to know what you're going to get. If I had to side with one, I'd maybe say Broncos can beat them by more than three and a half. But, yeah, braver than me to bet on this one. Braver or stupider? Is that a word? <laughs> stupider? Ironic if it's not. Anyway, uh, let's push on here because I, uh, the next game here that we're going to talk about is, of course, uh, the evening game or the twilight afternoon game. What do you want to call it this time of year? Manly and uh, the Raiders. 
Manly got the win last week, Tommy, in um, in wet conditions, to put it kindly, up at uh, the New Look Brookie Oval. And I think all eyes were on Turbo and Garrick to do something. They both scored tries, but still their results, their scores, not anywhere near where they needed to be to not lose a stack of cash. No, exactly right. Um, I was sitting there, because I don't know Turbo, sort of death riding him in a way obviously not wishing injury or anything upon him but sort of hoping he wouldn't do much and he scored and I was thinking here we go he's going to get 100 but yeah, he wasn't too involved after that I guess the weather was not helpful and the dogs defended Aaron Shop kept tackling him that was good defensive effort from Shop. yeah so yeah only got 66 and his break even is still 240 so uh, he's hard to hold isn't he yeah, I mean, he was hard to hold from round one. Even you had to, you really had to uh, manipulate your team. And then you compare that with someone like a Nico Hines, who has come out and averaged those turbo-like scores of a hundred or, or close enough to a hundred. Uh, he was what four hundred, six hundred thousand dollars, maybe somewhere in that range. Maybe let's call it five fifty. Um, cheaper than turbo. So those who went the Hines route from early doors. Uh, obviously reaping the rewards in terms of making cash but also scoring points and I dare say those names up the top of our leaderboards and, and the overall leaderboards in the competition uh, would be playing with Nico Hines from round one you'd think. The, the Raiders though they get uh, Nick Kotrich back at looks and Schneider you mentioned him at the top what a great prospect he looks not only for Ricky and uh, his, his teammates down there but for super coaches as well and he'll get a price rise at the end of this week so he's hoping another big score from the young half. Yeah, I think his break even's minus 64, so should be a nice little rise there. Um, he's looking really good. He's a goal kicker as well. He kicks them okay. He's not an absolute sharpshooter, but he does enough. So, yeah, I think, uh, look, this game, we're all waiting for Manly to click. We all thought it was going to be last week. It didn't really happen. A little stat for you. Last year, they lost their first four games. Really disappointing. Round mm-hmm. five, they beat the Warriors 13 points to 12. Bad game. But after that, they absolutely kicked on. And, you know, they're one of the best teams last year. This year, first two losses, rounds one and two, they lost. Round three, scrappy 13 points to 12 win again over the Dogs. Wow. Could it be another springboard towards, you know, a big season? Yeah, I remember watching that one. Uh, I think it was even a win against the Warriors last year Cherry Evans field goal scrappy it was sort of had that same feel like it was only round three but it was almost a must win game so I can see what you're getting at there and in terms of uh, how this could go and set on their season or set up this season they have to start winning now don't they Manly because I feel like we all know you you have to be playing top 440 if you do want to win the comp and uh, very quickly they could lose touch with these teams like the Storm the Sharks the Panthers obviously who are high flying at the moment you mentioned uh, turbo there and and garrick in terms of finding the try line uh if you think they can do again i think we said last week here a dollar 70 or a dollar 80 whatever it was for turbo to score a try looked overs against the bulldogs back at home we thought he could score a try he ended up getting that garrick got one nearly had a second as well so we found some try scorers there uh, we're playing just the big three again for Manly this week. If we are having a play, topsport.com.au. They are short, but it does just look a three-pronged attack, doesn't it? Turbo, Saab, and Garrick. Yeah, it's hard to imagine Garrick not scoring. I don't think the Raiders' right side defense is very good there with Valame and Rapana. They like to jam in a lot, so Garrick will be scoring. Dollar ninety-two gamble responsibly, of course. Uh, and if you think you can get a double, four dollars fifty. There's probably a little bit of value there. 
because Turbo, we know, he either gets in a mood and, and he sets up Garrick or he goes himself. But I think Garrick's probably the, the better option over Saab, just favouring down that left side and Kieran Foran. What a ball that was uh, to Garrick last week. Garrick, 70 points or 72 points, I think he got uh, Supercoach. So again, we come back to that um, the, the point a couple of weeks ago about these centre wing options and do they still have that ceiling? Garrick probably still does. Because we saw that 72 with the try in the wet. He only kicked two goals. That's probably good signs for uh, prospective Garrick owners in the weeks to come. Because those who uh, want to get in some, some high ceiling players after building these cheapies up to a price where they can then flip them straight or, or with a trade boost even. Garrick's probably the one over top, oh, who's obviously injured. But uh, even some of these other names like Jack Bird, Ewan Aiken, who were favoured in centre wing to start the year with their base. Garrick probably may still have it over them ongoing yeah and he will become i don't think he's very super coach relevant at the moment because he's kind of priced out of it and manly haven't been doing much but yeah. if manly going on a run and his price will come down a little bit more he's going to become relevant again and you know people are going to be going towards him and probably going to be a player you want to have you know post origin just going into the final sort of thing yeah, we'll look at him and probably some of these other names then as well. Brian Toho, if he can come out of origin unscathed, if he's picked, that is, if he even gets a start. Anyway, we'll think of that in uh, 10, 12 weeks. Let's uh, push on here, talking about origin, a little bit of an origin flavour here. The high-flying Cowboys, who thought we'd be saying that? Up against uh, New South Wales' Sydney Roosters, of course. What are we making of this game? Is this a, Are we watching a top four showdown here? What are the Cowboys going to dish up to us this year? Because I think we both tipped them bottom four. Roosters, we had them top two even at, at stages. If you said one of these sides was, was um, you know, more of a chance to make the top four at the moment, you'd almost have to say the Cowboys going on current form, but we all know what the Roosters can do on their day. Yeah, I was really impressed by the Cows the other day. Like a lot of people were sort of saying Broncos were terrible and they weren't great, but the Cowboys were really good. You know, they just controlled that game from the start, defended hard, Chad Townsend fagged him out a lot in his career, but he's playing pretty well. Tom Dearden is on fire. They're honestly playing really good. Nanai, we spoke about earlier, is a young, robust forward. The Roosters are out of form. They're going to have to be good to win. They've got, I think, seven and a half start. I think that's a big start. Yeah, $2.70, the Cowboys at home. Looks a great price here, topsport.com.au. Roosters, $1.47 favourites. They'll be without their coach. And let's just keep an eye on this in the days to come as well with the COVID implications. We mentioned it at the top of the pod. If anyone is to uh, go down from the Roosters, suddenly uh, the Cowboys could come in. So maybe do a little bit of early shopping here if you are having a look at that. That line six and a half it is now uh, for the Cowboys. So, given the way that they've defended to start the year, that six and a half does look quite generous, doesn't it? A dollar ninety-five. Uh, so even then, uh, at the outside up against the Roosters at the minus. But that six and a half suddenly six and a half is a big line in the way that this game is played in twenty twenty-two. I'd actually you know be keen on having a bit of that. Yeah, for sure. Me too. They've only conceded off the top of my head. 24 points I think in three games so they're not leaking points and the Roosters aren't at their attacking best so I don't mind it uh, just on the Roosters while we're here Angus Crichton obviously the talk last week was Willie getting the team from the yeah. bench you know I thought there might be a late shuffle there uh, there wasn't he's on the bench again uh, what are you thinking here 
yeah, I I thought there was a case to hold him last week, and I was quite strong in that. I thought that you'd want to be playing with the Roosters, and I actually thought he'd start. I think it was a bit, well, I was hoping it was almost a little bit of, you know, mind games from Robbo. Wasn't to be. He didn't start. And then in the end, it was like just such a letdown, the way that even when he was on the field, he played. I think he came on, maybe a couple of errors, a couple of penalties. He just doesn't look like the Angus Crichton that we know, so... Yeah, it's it's going to be some tough decisions here playing without uh, Fafita. I was last week. And do you want to be without Fafita and Crichton, two of these guns that we know can score big on their day? Speaking of two RF guns, Jeremiah Nanai. What a hat-trick that was last week. Not a conventional hat-trick. I think all of them were off kicks. If you think he can do it again, 111 to 1 topsport.com.au. I don't think he'd ever score a hat-trick, not even in the under-sixes. Um but geez, that's probably unders even. You see these other names here. Uh, Helam Lukey, 201. Did, you know, James Tedesco to score a trick even is a big price. But anyway, what about that? Nanai. We, we spoke about it a little bit uh, about him at the top of the pod, but uh, no one saw that coming. No, and you, you've picked him up, I'm pretty sure, in both draft and classic. So you were happy with his performance on, uh, on Sunday. He played well against Canberra as well, but uh, yeah, he's, he's going really well. I thought Jason Tamalolo was a great performance. I think he only got 60 super coach points, but mm. I don't know. I think he's back too close to his best. Maybe he's still not turning out the minutes that we all want, but I still think he's worth you know monitoring for the next few weeks. Some of the signs are there, though, aren't they? I think his minutes have gone up week on week. Um, you might be able to confirm that. I think he played close to an hour the other day, and he had a try assist as well, which is rare, but the fact that he's looking to pass the ball, it's good signs for owners. Uh, going forward because you know we we know him as this running lock forward you know the tackle busting almost you know barging over people but when he can add that extra element to his game I think it makes him more dangerous because suddenly you can't you know, stack defenders on him it opens up for the players around him so uh, yeah great signs for Tamalolo and great signs for the Cowboys as well Valentine Holmes looked back somewhere near his best and you mentioned Dean there he was another uh, triple figure scorer as well. Have we overrated the Roosters though, Tommy? Do we need to just sort of take a step back and have a look at this ongoing? Is it a top six team? Is it a top eight team? Where do we have the Roosters now after a month? We may ask this question again this time next week after we see this result against the Cowboys. Yeah, I think this is a big game for the Roosters. Um, I know, obviously, like you said before, we were really keen on the Roosters preseason and we just thought as a lot of people did, getting their players back from last year, they're going to just immediately click into gear, but it hasn't really worked like that. Whether or not it's just rustiness or they're actually not as good as we thought, I don't know. I think we'll find out pretty soon. Yeah, maybe this is the week, isn't it? Because uh, away from home against a team they probably should beat on paper, but attitude's everything in this game, and the Cowboys have certainly brought uh, that A-grade attitude to start the year here. Uh, nothing really else to touch on. Uh, I think there's some Cowboys with low break-evens. Nanai would be one of them, but um, Griffin Neem, even if you're playing with him, he scored a try. So maybe slightly uh, trappy there around Neem. But yeah, these Cowboys, they just are impressing in ways that we didn't think it was possible just three weeks ago. The next game. Now, this one could be anything. I don't know what to expect here. On paper, it looks a storm big win, but I think we said that a couple of weeks ago about the storm and we've said it about the roosters at different stages the dogs they can't score points but they can you know stick in a contest 
Storm and the Bulldogs. This one at Amy Park on Sunday afternoon. Melbourne Storm, $1.19 favourites. The Bulldogs, $4.75 outsiders. And the line, as we record this late on Tuesday night, 14 points to Storm. They give it away. Yeah, good game. Like you said, the Doggies, they're in the contest. They just can't score. And the Storm definitely can score. So it could be a little bit of a danger game for the Dogs. Um, Harry Grant. The big news, he's back in jersey number nine, which a lot of people would be happy to see. Probably the surprise is the cheese is on the bench, number 14. Yeah. Uh, Josh King remains at lock. Yeah, whether or not it plays out like this, we'll find out maybe uh, 3 p.m. on Sunday. What I've read is that Smith will start at lock, King will start at prop, and uh, Nelson will go back to the bench. So... Either way, I think that bodes well for King owners like yourself and those who found him. Well done to you. Um, I, I never saw him doing what he's doing now, but obviously Melbourne Storm, they know how to turn a run-of-the-mill forward into, I won't say superstar of the game, but definitely someone above average, and, and that's exactly what he's been. I think he turned out 85 points last week. Brandon Smith, we've already mentioned how uh, how good he was in attack last week and someone that loves uh, looking for attacking stats. And, of course, Harry Grant back. Such a big boost to welcome back uh, Harry Grant after what we saw from him against South just a couple of weeks ago. He looks the premier option at number nine. Yeah, and this Storm team, like you said at the start, they're looking very dangerous in this game, aren't they? Um, how many captains are going to be on Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, Grant? Because... Yeah. Sunday game, day game against the Dogs. It really does scream points for those guys. And a lot of them got 100 last week against a tougher opponent in para. Yeah, they get a chance here to back it up, don't they? And obviously Harry Grant uh, coming back off COVID, which will be interesting. I think he's probably one of the bigger names to have gotten COVID so early in the season. And let's just have a look at how he comes back from it. Um, Obviously a massive score against uh, Souths, as we say, in round two. Was it round two? I think it was. But he comes back here. Will his minutes be reduced? How is he physically? How is his health? Is his performance affected? This is one of the real tests, I think, and we'll get a good gauge now as to how players can adapt and, and react to getting COVID. Uh, the Dogs, we mentioned there, they can't score points. They just they just can't find a way. Two tries off kicks last week against uh, Manly. But interestingly, Kyle Flanagan, Jake Avarello linked up in the halves for the New South Wales Cup team on Monday night, and they scored a 30 points to nil victory. So I don't know. Do we bring in Flano? Does Burton need to move to accommodate Avarello or vice versa? Does Avarello play in the centres? What does that look like? Because you can't win games scoring 10, 12 points, and they're in the business of winning games. Something has to change. Yeah, look, I don't know. Um, Wakeham, I didn't think he was terrible the other night, but... I don't know what you're saying. It's not working what they're doing at the moment. So they do have to change things. Uh, I don't really have many points on the Bulldogs personally. Tavita Pangod Jr. is the only thing I want to mention. Mm. I think we both spoke him up last week as an option. And the other day, you know, a wet forward battle against Manly, perfect for him. He comes out and only gets 30 points. He only played 46 minutes. Wow. I I don't know if he was injured, but it was really uh, bad signs, I thought. Yeah, they had a couple of... uh couple of injuries as well, the dogs up front. Uh, Hetherington, I think he's now confirmed gone for the year, or at least close enough to with uh, that shoulder issue. So, yeah, you'd think with one less man on the bench that he should have been playing more minutes, not less. Yeah, he looked... I won't say he looked unfit, but they weren't the conditions which suited him. I think we saw uh, a core stadium in round two of that game against the Broncos. He offloaded six, seven, eight times. 
um, and that went a long way to boosting his score in that one. So just didn't get the chance to do that uh, against the Seagulls last week. But yeah, tough game going to Manly at any stage, let alone on a wet Sunday night. Anything else here, Tommy? Uh, try scorers we like, uh, Pappenhausen, Cheese, probably the obvious picks. Yeah, not really. Just look out. I think Coates is named, but watching the press conference last week, Bellamy seemed a bit on the fence whether he'd be able to play or not. So Nick Meaney could be another late inclusion. So maybe look out for him in draft comps. Just on that as well, if you are playing with Coates, don't get caught out like I was last week on the Saturday. I think Talatau Amon, if you're holding him, which I'd say a lot of people are, plays after Coates. So it could be a simple swap from your bench onto your field or... Uh, Coates out, Amone in. Um, but yeah, just just be mindful of that, the order of your reserves on the weekend uh, with some injury clouds around a popular pick in Coates. Let's round this one out, Tommy. Sunday night, the rare time slot for Parramatta. One of the uh, media darlings, Parramatta up against the Dragons. Two well-attended teams, you'd say, generally, these two. Um, so hopefully we get a crowd out there at Combank on Sunday night. Big news for the Eels, Ryan Madison back on the bench, but uh, probably more eyes, more of the focus on what they did in the halves last week with Moses standing up in the big moment, but Dylan Brown owning the 80 minutes. Yeah, Dylan Brown, he's probably his best performance for a while. I was so keen on him at the start of his career, and I know the guys on the Bloke in a Bar podcast love him and love his defence and that, but I probably hadn't seen his attacking flair for a while, but it really, uh, it really stood up the other night. Do we think the Storm were poor or this Eels really good? Because it seemed like a high-quality game to me. Rarely do the Storm concede 24 points. So I think that'll be a big focus. And that's why, just going back to that Bulldogs game, I think they're in trouble. They may lose to Neil this week, just the, the Dogs, because I would have put a real focus on that. But just on Parramatta, they're scoring 24 points. They obviously found ways through the Storm defence in unstorm-like ways as well. So Eels, no full credit to them. I think they deserve the win in the end. Um, they probably should have won in easier fashion later on via a Mitchell Moses field goal in regular time, but uh, the ball went out, you know, the Storm end up scoring, and then the game goes into overtime. But, um, no, for what it's worth here, I think they're well-deserved favourites here. $1.33, topsport.com.au. St. George Illawarra Dragons, $3.35, the line 9.5. I think that's probably about bang on where it needs to be, and... Maybe even a little bit kind to the Dragons there, or rather the Eels there. I think they can probably win bigger than that. Yeah, I'd be pretty keen on Eels here too. They love, uh, obviously, Combank Stadium and uh, thought the Dragons were pretty ordinary the other night. I think Zach Lomax has been flying under the radar in Supercoach terms. I think he's got an average at the moment of 62, which isn't too bad, but... They did nothing the other night, the Dragons. He's still got 65. So I think he's one to watch going forward. If they could score some more points, he's a great goal kicker. So I've got him in my team, but I just think he's one to, to look at. I think I said this in the preseason, didn't I? I said he came back from injury last year. He had a wretched run with injury last year. I think he had a hammy, then he broke his hand or his thumb. He came back. They lost by an average margin of 14 points in the four games he played, and he himself averaged 72 points per game. So if you're doing that when you're getting pumped, suddenly things start to turn. The game may be more condensed this year, less points, you know, more base stats. But for as well, and as long as he's being propped up by his uh, goal-kicking, but his brilliance on that right side, he's just... He's a creator. He makes things happen. He's almost like a half playing in the centers, the way that he distributes and finds line breaks. So, no, love the low max call there and definitely one that 
in a not so super coach relevant team he's he's finding a way to be very relevant there for the dragons uh looks like here um fiangai fiagai is back in for the injured cody ramsey so that's something to look out for on the other side of the field but as you say the dragons all in all very poor against the sharks it'd be hard to find any real confidence in tipping them this week or, or having a play yeah, I'd be uh, on the Eels if I was a betting man, which I am. But if I had to find a try scorer, maybe uh, maybe Ramalawa can get another one for the Drags. I think Lomax, you speak of there, the creator, he'll probably dish out a flick pass again and uh, get Ramalawa over. You can see it, but you just can't stop it. That Zach Lomax flick pass. He is the gifted one, of course. We've said it a couple of times, and we'll, we'll probably say it until the day he retires. Tommy, that's our eight games uh, previewed, but uh, we'll come back after this short break. We're going to talk trading places and we'll also answer some of your questions having a bet on sport this week top this whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds top sport will let you on for plenty and with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage top sport has you well covered so if you want to get the top odds every time bet with top sport top that download the app today top sport feel the excitement don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back. Supercoach 365 podcast. Proudly brought to you again in season 2022 by topsport.com.au. Love having the guys support up there, Tristan and co. Uh, we spoke a little bit about this uh, last time. Their futures markets. They're up, of course. Not only you can get the uh, the game by games every week, but some of these futures uh, markets, you and I, we love these, Tommy, don't we? we? We see them open up again on a Monday. We can't help but have a look. This one, uh, the top point scorer. Now, I jumped on Cleary last week. I think he was $8. He's out to 9 now. Back and name this week into 7 So I think still some value there. But looking at this uh, this market, purely on value, I love finding a bit of a, a bit of a price here. Nico Hines, $19 top point scorer. Ruben Garrick, the favorite, $3.75. But Hines, I think he's 10 points adrift of uh, Steph Crichton, who will obviously hand up the goal kicking to Cleary. Hines is kicking well. He's scoring tries. The Sharks look a top four team. I think there's a bit of value there. Yeah, and he's kicking like I was quite critical of his standard of kicking, but he's actually he's nailing them. The other night he was really good in the rain, so I, I think that's a good bet. Uh, he's quite an attacking half. He's going to score a fair few tries, so I don't mind it at all. Uh, top try scorer I was looking at the other day, bit of a roughie maybe, but Sione Katoa. $29. I just think that Sharks right edge, as I mentioned before, is hot. $29 yep. seems overs to me. It's fire, isn't it? That Sharks right. So to that uh, the Panthers left, I've already spoken about that. Isaac Tungo, $29 or $26, one of the two top try scorer. Uh, I think he's 26 Tungo. Uh, playing, obviously, in Burton's uh, role last year, where Burton had a field day before that Steph Crichton 2020 we all know what he did there. Uh, we've spoken about this as well, just before we move on to our trading places, but uh, the People's Horse, it's back. It's been named to run this uh, this week at Newcastle. Of course, I'm speaking of uh, the, the horse you have a little share in, Will to Excel. It's been uh, nominated at Newcastle. What can you tell us? Is it going to be a winning hope? Uh, look, it's first up. Uh, it likes it needs a few runs to get to its best, but I think it's twenty six dollars. I'm not sure exact price now. Might have come in, but gamble responsibly. Just a little each way, maybe. I wouldn't get too carried away. Some of your loose change, just some of that ice cream money in the um, in the drink holder in the car. Just pull some of that out. Will to excel each way. I think it was about thirty dollars when you had a look today, or 
close enough too. All right, let's get into this, our trading places. Uh, do you want to kick us off here, Tommy? Because I think you've got some big news on the trades front and uh, probably the the headline of uh, the way that you want to play, not only this week, but uh, the weeks to come. Yeah, probably my biggest week in terms of trading so far. I'm using the boost, finally, my first boost. Uh, first trade is Toby Sexton out. He's done a really good job for me, but... The return of the king, Nathan Cleary, I have to get him in. It is a hard game to start against South, but I think he'll hit the ground running back at home with a big crowd. I, I just can't play without him, to be honest. Uh, the next one is, never thought I'd do this in round four, but Teddy's out for me. Not yeah. sure about the Roosters, and I am sure about Nico Hines. The way he's going, I just need to have him in my team. I know a week ago I didn't need to have him, but his break-even's 12 He's just playing so well, and they have some good games coming up, Cronulla. So I, I just have to play with Hines at the moment. I feel like I'm missing out if I don't. Yep. And my other trade is really just oh, shuffling around some cheaper options. Eli Katoa not doing a lot. His break evens shot right up. So he's out for Ruben Cotter. Now, he was uh, he was talked about a lot in the preseason. I think he was injured. He played the other day. He played 50 minutes. He got 54 points. I think that was good scoring, obviously. So I'm yeah. hoping he can produce that. And his break even is only 16. So they're my three. Yeah, I like it. Remaining salary there for those listening on at 2,500. You've got 35 trades in the bank and uh, four trade boosts beyond this one. Of course, uh, the first of five you can use this year. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. Uh, where would you target this? And obviously round... Three or four probably looked a good play. The origin buys and, of course, the back end of the year. Now, Tommy, um, look, this is the way I'm going for now. And I put this together this afternoon or actually yesterday afternoon. I've probably chopped and changed a little bit here and there. And I may still chop and change at the week uh, before the weekend, of course. Get our final team list, 7 p.m. Thursday night at our Instagram, at Supercoach365. This is where we'll settle. Uh hopefully most likely our thinking uh, ahead of the week so for mine luke keary out i'm selling a bit of that roosters stock angus Crichton will join him as well bringing in nico hines we sat here last week and, and said that we don't need him but as you say there the break even plus the way he's playing looks uh too good to uh, pass up on again i said to you uh, you just before we started recording tonight tommy about nico hines I'd rather be one week late than two weeks late, and I'd rather be one week late than three weeks late because very quickly, with those break-evens, with his big scores that he could get in the weeks to come in those big games against uh, what looks big games, I should say, against the Knights and the Tigers, if it's not now, I think it's never. With uh, with Nico Hines, I did want to wait for Cleary, but um, balancing things up, I think this just gives me a little bit more of a look at a more balanced team going forward. Speaking of, I'd rather be a week late here on uh, Josh King than, uh, than not at all here because, again, his minutes may be reduced this week for the Storm, but um, the break-even coupled with the way that he's playing the game at the moment, I think I'd rather cash in on a price rise than not at all. And, of course, Angus Crichton, uh, rather, uh, sorry, let's just jump back a bit there, King out for, uh, sorry, Bullymore out for King. Bullymore's just uh, not finding the minutes as he was to start the year and and even when he gets on the field, doesn't look as damaging as we probably were hoping. Uh, so Bullymore out for King of Melbourne. And then the final trade, Angus Crichton out for Taylor May via either Isaac Tung or, or uh, Bo Firm or one of those dual position 2RF options who can uh, find their way up into, uh, well, rather center wing up into the 2RF. So there we are, 35 trades remaining, four trade boosts remaining, 211,000 in the bank. Now, 
I could be tempted though to do the same as you and bring in Cleary for a Tedesco, but it just feels a little bit wrong to be playing without Teddy so early in the season, knowing what's ahead for the Roosters and those good fixtures coming up. No, you're right, 100%. It does feel wrong to play without Teddy and Supercoach because he's just been so reliable for such a long time. But oh, I don't know. Hines is just doing something for me. And Cleary, you know, his form last year and his scoring last year was just immaculate. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not the same season, but I just, I'm too scared to play without Cleary. That's pretty much all it is. Okay. No, I'm with you. And I can see both sides. Thursday, 7 p.m., Supercoach 365. That's where you'll see our final teams. Can't stress that enough because what we throw up here on a Tuesday may look very different come Thursday just before kickoff. Okay, Tommy, let's get into a few of these to wrap us up before we uh, before we pass on uh, another week. And, geez, there's some questions here. We may not get through all of them. Um, let's just start with some of them. Here we go from Kai Dawkins. All of this on our Instagram, of course. Can Nico stay par with Cleary? Probably a good place to start, given what we've spoken about a lot of tonight, what we say there, and, of course, the, uh, the main lead tile here on uh, YouTube tonight. Can Nico stay on par with Cleary? I don't see why not. That's the way that my trades lean anyway. I think I can get closer to Cleary in a couple of weeks with less effect on my team balance than what I would be getting in them both now, maybe, perhaps. Give us your thoughts. Oh, I'm with you. I think he can. The way he's going is a similar sort of player to Cleary. He's very involved. He can score tries. He kicks goals. So, yeah, look, he's he's taken the league by storm this year, hasn't he, Nico Hines? Um, yep. Why not? He's going so well. Another one here from Kai. I think it's a good one. Has Tom lost the turbo? <laughs> oh, I think that's harsh. I, I, I don't... Obviously, it was a bad score the other day. Well, not bad score, but when you break mm. even, it's 300. You need to get more than 60. But I think it was just a wet night. I still think we're going to see the best turbo in the f- next few weeks. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to turn much like I want to be playing with Teddy. If you're holding turbo, maybe it's a bit of damage control. You may want to trade him out for a Nico, maybe, but... Things are going to click with Manly. Maybe they just need some dry footy. I don't know when the next when's the next out and out day game there at Brookie. That could just have all the makings for a Turbo Masterclass. To answer your question, no, I don't think he's lost to Turbo. I think he's just probably struggling a little bit more so than any other player. Manly more so than any other team with the effects of these rule changes. NRL underscore shit underscore talk. Uh, Hooker is the worst position to save money. Uh, Marnie to Kobe. Even as a bench forward, he gets the same score. Yeah, again, you can probably see some of these other options like Braley, like Appy Coruscant open up, and obviously Harry Grant probably the peak of all of those hooker options. But if you're not playing the premium, there there is a bit of value there at the mid-range. Yeah, there is. Just on Reid Marnie, yeah, he's, I think I mentioned a few times, I, I think he's playing well just by watching the Eels play, but then he's only averaging 45 now. Mm-hmm. He hasn't missed a minute of footy, so he's been really disappointing. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't go with him, but a lot of people did, and I, I couldn't blame him at the time. Uh, that same account, NRL shit talk, also bags out stags here. says he's the most overhelped player. He only got him because of FOMO, and he has flopped. But like you're saying, he's kind of, you know, if you've got him now, I think you just have to write it out. Yeah, I mean, and you're getting him at a discount as well. I think we all knew that coming back off an injury, he was cheaper. That's why he was so popular. That's why there was a sense of FOMO because you didn't want to be not with a cheapie who goes big and gets 60s or, you know, he does have us high ceiling. We're just yet to see it. I'm not writing him off entirely yet. I, I wrote him off last week. I was forced to bring him back and now I'm forced to hold him almost. My hands have uh, been uh, forced. Jack Murdoch says here, Taylor May, a wait or a buy, both firm or a buy. 
I'm happy to dive into Taylor May. I think he's got a good run in that Panthers left side. We've maybe extrapolated that. We're maybe hoping he hangs on to that spot somewhere in that team beyond to Oz injury. And Bo Fermore, you know our thoughts. We've had him in a maroon jersey since the preseason. So, well, I have anyway. But Bo Fermore, I think he's certainly a buyer. He's one of those players with a low break even as well, playing big minutes, scoring tries. That just makes sense for mine. Yeah, very low break even. The only not negative, but he has scored the past two weeks, which maybe has boosted his score a little bit, but that's kind of part of his appeal. He is a try-scoring player. So, yeah, big tick for Bo. You just see as well, with, with these dual-position players, like he and Tangor, and uh, we mentioned there are other options like Bird and Aitken to start the year, but it is so handy when you can go between the two, and so often you do get a cheapy emerge at one of those two spots. So having that flexibility there, I can't knock Fermor as a buy this week. Liam Champney says, rotation between Cheese, Grant, and Jay King, if all three are in the 17, I think we touched on that in the Melbourne preview, the way that we think, or at least I think, that uh, that will play out. Carlin Hodges, stay with Sam Walker or burn some trades to get to Hines. Is there an easy answer there with that one? I don't think it's burning trades to get to Hines because he's just such a good player, so you've got to have, you're going to have to do those trades. I don't think Sam Walker is doing much personally i think you you had him at the start of the year or was it kiri no i had him but, both. Uh, yeah okay yeah no i think um the only thing i will say is sam walker loves playing in queensland go back and have a look at his scores he's a queenslander i don't know and one of those spiritual affinity things with the queensland air i don't know what it is <laughs> go back and look at have, have a look at his scores particularly at townsville i think he scored 100 plus there last year the roosters won massive and I don't know if we can get the Supercoach scores from that uh, semi-final against the Titans. I think that was up there, was it? Or was it on the Gold Coast? I think it was up in Townsville. Coast. No, I think it was in Townsville, that one. Was it? Okay. I don't know. doesn't matter. Could be wrong. Anyway, it was Queensland Air. He was reading it in. Um, Mitchie Musket here asks, what 2RF can I replace Bullymore with? I've got no cash. Most logical one may be Kelma Tualangi, who's back for the Tigers this week at 250k downgrade, but you're probably getting a price rise at the end of the week. Yeah, I, Bullymore's 280, I think. So it may be too lungy. Uh, there's not a lot there, to be honest with you. I, I went to a cheap one in Ruben Cotter, but that's 100k more, so you probably can't get there. Yeah, I had uh, Bullymore in the front row, so a little bit easier there to go to Josh King of the Storm or Max King of the Dogs if you've got him up there. It's probably another option. Alex Brigo says he's didn't shaping up to be a gun in 2022. I didn't think we'd be having the conversation or the words did and gun in the same sentence. No, and I dare say in draft comps, he would have been on the waiver wire for most people. So yep. he's definitely uh, been surprised back at it, and he's averaging, what, 78. So fair play to him. I don't know how long it'll last for, but he's going really well. Uh, we'll get through a couple more here. There's some good ones here towards the back end of this. Uh, maybe should have started with him, but um, here's, here's a good one here. Alex Brigo again. Should bringing in Cleary be the number one priority? You've obviously seen it that way, Tommy, but... Again, I come back to that question, Cleary or Hines, if you could only bring in one this week. I know you've, you've had the luxury of bringing in both, but if you could only bring in one, who would it be? Jeez, yeah, that is, that is hard. Um, I'd probably go with Cleary if I had to. Just okay. just going off what he's shown over a number of years now, uh, the next two games after South, so the Bulldogs and the Broncos, I think you'll get some good scores in that. Friend of the show, Blake's Brushwork, says regrets. Give me three players who you regret. Not getting in earlier. Probably an obvious one would be Nico Hines for me. Maybe Josh King of the Storm. Again, I feel like I've missed out on a couple of price rises there. 
And yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because they're, they're two notables there, and I don't really regret not starting with a Taylor May. He was spoken of as a cheapy option to start the year, but he didn't get the the jersey on the right side, so. I'm not disappointed, but those other two look look pretty obvious regrets, Hines and Josh King for mine. Yeah, Hines is the no-brainer. Um, I have Josh King, but I didn't have Bo Fermel, and he's been really good. Yep. I don't really know another one. I don't don't have many regrets, I guess. Having uh, Angus Crichton wasn't great, but yeah. Anyway. You're flying there up the top, uh, uh, yeah, the top 10%. Um, no regrets up, up that high. Um <laughs> Not on Supercoach, at least. Okay, let's finish here with this. Adam Blundell says, Thoughts on three trades to fund Hines and Cleary? You can probably speak from your own experiences here, Tommy, because uh, you've done exactly that. Yeah, well, the funding has taken place over a lot of weeks. So it hasn't just been one. I've gone real cheap in my CTWs at the moment. I think that was probably the best way to do it because your most expensive CTWs, Toto, is injured, and then yeah. Garrick hasn't been scoring that well. So you found a lot of cheaper options in Penasini. Taylor May is obviously a big one this week. Isaac Tago, if you didn't already have him, he should be an obvious one as well. So I guess just going cheap in maybe a position like CTW and just freeing up the cash for players like Nico and Cleary. I'd love if Nico was dual position 6-7 or 6-1 just to, to get him and Cleary and keep the two-gun fullbacks. That would just be a luxury one we aren't, uh, aren't playing with this year. But anyway... Um, maybe one more here and maybe not three players it may be a little bit tough but Blake again he says give me three players that you're looking at getting in over the next three weeks period Brandon Smith would be one for mine I know I've already had him it feels like it's a bit of a waste to go back and forth between having Brandon not having Brandon but I wanted to be playing with him I got sold uh, up the river by the storm in terms of how long he was going to be out for I would have just kept him if it was going to be one week but he looks someone I want to be playing with. He or Harry Grant, probably cheese at the price, um, given he's probably going to lose some cash after that high BE going off the field so early in round one. And then again, on a, I mean, it's probably, I don't know, Daniel Tupo from the Roosters. I think the Roosters' jaw will turn. Again, it's just putting stock back in the Roosters, but he's been playing some good footy on the Roosters' left and a try scorer with a big motor as well with base stats. So... Probably two players there, Tupo and Brandon Cheese Smith for mine that I could see myself playing with in the weeks to come. Yeah, I'd probably go Harry Grant. I think I will try to get to him. I don't have a lot of money spare, as we saw earlier, but hopefully with some price rises, I can afford Grant. And maybe our tail in May as well, just with the Penrith draw looking pretty good the next few weeks and tailing getting run on the side. Yeah, definitely, and he will cop his price rise at the end of round five. So not a dive in as I maybe have this week, but um, still good things ahead for the Panthers and for Taylor May. Tommy, let's leave it there. Another bumper episode here, round four. Can you believe a month into the competition we already are there? It's just flown by. Absolutely, mate. It's almost time for Origin and time for the Supercoach Finals. No, but it's getting exciting. Massive week this week with Cleary returning. Looking forward to it. Here's hoping that these big guns can fire again this week. Cleary, Munster, Tedesco if you're holding him. Angus Triton, David Fafita if you're holding him. And of course, that man, Nico Hines. He's dominated the conversation tonight. He may dominate it again next week. This is the Supercoach 365 podcast. Great to have you. We'll see you next week. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 